Blog Talk Radio. Right into this world, all alone. God takes your soul, you're on your own. A crow flies straight, a perfect line. Welcome to Weigh-In Sports Talk. Today is Sunday, April 27th. Before we get started, here are a few reminders. We would love to hear from you, and here are several ways to weigh in. Call us at 646-716-5564, or join us in the chat room by listening online at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Tarvino, or follow us on Twitter at Weigh-In Sports. Now, here's your host, Brian Tarvin, and co-host, Trey Patterson. Let's weigh in. Thank you, Michelle, and welcome to Weigh In Sports Talk. We are having just a couple of technical difficulties right now. Uh, We apologize again. It's like the second week in a row on Sunday. We're having some technical issues. So, luckily, we got Michelle in to do the intro. I do see Trey waiting to get in, and Trey, I'll get you right in in just a moment. Let me make a couple of adjustments. Please don't yell at me when you get when you get on in a minute. So so be nice. So again, welcome. We have a lot to talk about tonight. A lot has taken place this weekend, and I'm sure everybody heard with the Donald Sterling incident, the owner of the LA Clippers, some of his comments. I just want to let you know up front, we're going to discuss this, but we're not going to, you know, we're going to keep it clean, respectful. So anybody that calls in, just a warning. Uh, you call in, just make sure it's just your opinion and keep it professional. This is a professional show. This is not the Paul Feinbaum show, so we, we have to watch what we say on air. Um, I'm liable for it, so let's just make sure we keep it clean. And the NBA playoffs going on this weekend, just some of the amazing games, and, and I'll talk to Trey about it in just a second and get his opinion, but by far the best NBA playoffs in the first round I've ever witnessed Every series besides one is, is very entertaining, and there's overtime games, there's flagrant fouls, there's technicals. I mean, a lot of intensity for the first round. And, Trey, I don't know about you, but are, are, you, are you thinking the same thing? Are, are these the best playoffs you've ever witnessed? Yeah, Tarvin, I mean, so far, you know, it's, it's really good. I mean, you and I talked last time. I was having a tough time sort of getting involved. Well, uh, I certainly am not anymore. It's been uh, it's been sort of a sit on the corner of your chair type of playoffs. I mean, all but one. I mean, the series, the Miami Heat. Uh, that's it. The only team that's showing domination really and consistency, Miami. And you know, Trey Charlotte's not a bad team. I'm, I'm impressed with what Miami's doing right now. I know they're the seventh seed, but every team's playing you know fairly well. And today, the Clippers and the Warriors, even though it was a 20-point game, it was very intense, and I really enjoyed watching it. And and Memphis, OKC, OKC finally got them a a win on the road to even this series up heading back. But do you think OKC is going to relax now, or do you think they're they're finally awake? Well, Tarvin, hold on a second. I'm going to have to step off for a second. All right, let me step off. I I know I see Cuervo in there. Cuervo, how are you doing tonight, sir? And, again, we're having some studio difficulties. So, Cuervo, if you're there, let me know, buddy. 
so Cuervo will be on in just a second. And the studio issues we're having right now, just an update, Brooklyn has went on a mad run. They were down double digits earlier, almost double digits at halftime. They cut this to to a one-point game. And Cuervo, I don't know about if you're watching it, but I do know your Bulls, you know, lost today. They're down three to one in the series. What kind of what kind of hope are you giving your Chicago Bulls right now? And here's my message to Blog Talk Radio. Please get your equipment working so we can do our show, please. I, I like to do a show without interruptions. We're in a prime time slot. So I, I hope you get your crap in order so we can do our show. So I'll talk to myself. Guys, you're going to be on. Trey, you're going to be on. When your mic's hot, just go ahead and start talking to let me know you're here. I won't know. Uh, but please. What a playoff. I mean, just an amazing, amazing playoff. And just to to see, and again, we had a cutout right there. I apologize. I may have to stop the show and start it back just to get better connection. Trey, if you hear me, let me know. I'm going to ignore both of you until you come on and say something. I'm not going to interrupt the show anymore. Um, Hey, buddy, I can can hear you, um, but we are having – Blog talk is having some difficulty, I can tell you that, including the website, which um, just tried to sort of a Trojan uh, virus my computer through the website. So, yeah, I mean, this is uh, a lot of problems tonight, Tarvin. All right, we're going to make it through it, though, Trey. That's what makes us the best show on Blog Talk Radio, one of them. You know, we're going to make it through. We're going to fight this. Cuervo, I see you in the studio, so you'll be on in just a minute when the studio allows you to come on. But... We're going to talk about the comments of, of Sterling, but I, I don't want to get into that right now until we have everybody here that's going to be here that wants to talk about it. But I want to start with yesterday's game in the NBA, the San Antonio Spurs and the or the Dallas Mavericks. And, you know, what's funny about that, I was watching it and I saw Vince Carter and I was just sitting there thinking, man, he played when I was a kid. Here's Vince Carter still playing basketball and I don't know who who didn't see that yesterday, but what a shot he made at the buzzer to beat San Antonio. This series is, I mean, San Antonio's down, I believe, 2-1, to one, and they have one more game in Dallas. So San Antonio, I mean, a shoe-in almost, you know, for the Western Conference Finals. Could be out of these playoffs before long if they don't get it together. I'm just, I, I just cannot believe Dallas is up 2-1 to one on San Antonio right now. And when you look at it, I mean, there's so much parity in the West. It, it's just crazy. All of these series are going down to the wire. Dallas wins 109-108. Vince Carter, like I said, hit a three at the buzzer. Duncan, 22 points, but that's their leading scorer. The next one was, I mean, not even close. And then you have Ellis with the Mavericks with 29. It's just one of those games when you watch it, you have to you have to see that Dallas is not far away from San Antonio. When you when you look at these two teams, San Antonio doesn't have that really go to player that can take over a game and, and Trey Dallas is, is hanging in there, buddy. Yeah, you know, it's funny because in game one after Dallas sort of played strong and then sort of gave it up near the end, I think everybody on the ESPN said, Well, you know, Dallas that was their shot to be and be in this series. Uh, and they've won the last two. Uh, so, you know, it's kind of interesting because the Spurs are so well built for the regular season. And you and I have talked about how we're a little concerned. I mean, they're such a good team. 
But in a short series, that they don't have, you know, really a guy who can sort of take it over. I mean, Tony Parker uh, certainly has that ability. You know, Tim Duncan is, of course, is, is a phenomenal Hall of Fame player. But when it comes down to it, um, you know, you, you need that that real guy who's just a pure scorer. Uh, Tony Parker is kind of, of a distributor scorer. Uh, and then Manu Ginobili really was that guy. Really, it, it sort of aged himself out of that role. Uh, now, of course, last night what we see, you know, the you know, like you talked about it. I mean, a dude who's like 740 years old, Vince Carter, uh, nails <laughs> just an amazing clutch shot. Uh, but the Mavericks may have some magic, and I don't know that it's there yet. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Mavericks guy, Tarvin, so I love it. But I I still think the Spurs have what it takes to, to take them down. Monta Ellis is just so much of a streaky guy, um, and they actually won last night without him, really. So um, if he gets hot, then, then Dallas is going to really probably close this out. But uh, if he stays a little chilly, Tarvin, I'd look to San Antonio to maybe take control of the series. Yeah, and you remember Dallas's run they went on, what was it, five years ago probably, four or five years ago when they won their their championship. Does it kind of feel like that to you, this, this Dallas team? They're getting confidence. I mean, they have the team to be able to do this. Dallas has a team to be able to win the NBA championship. I know it sounds crazy, but if you watch them play, Trey, I mean, it's anybody's game. It, what, what's I mean, what, would you be shocked if Dallas come out and, and made it to the, the Western Conference Finals? I'd be pretty surprised just because defensively they're, they're so far back, I think, from other teams. Uh, and then, you know, Ellis obviously is a very good scorer, but, I mean, you really – I mean, if you think about Dirk is old, Vince Carter's old. I mean, where is their other player who really impresses you other than Manelis, who's in his prime? I mean, so I, that would, it would surprise me if they made it run like they did four years ago. But if you remember four years ago, who was their, their guy who was, you know, sort of ice water in his veins was, was Jason Terry. Uh, and he certainly wasn't a name that we expected to play the way he did until the, the postseason. So um, who knows, Tarvin? I mean, the postseason is crazy in the NBA. Uh, and then, you know, Dallas did have some magic that year, and all it takes is a little bit of stuff to, you know, they knock out San Antonio, and then, you know, it's sort of up to them how far they go. Exactly. And, uh, Trey, you just mute yourself when you want to, since I don't I don't really have control right now at the studio. Uh, Cuervo, I apologize again. You're in the studio. Hopefully you'll be on soon. But another series we want to talk about, Trey, the Chicago Bulls, down three to one now to Washington. You know, you, you thought they went on the road in game three and one. If they could somehow find some magic to to even this series up, but they didn't. They lose to Washington. Now they go back to Chicago down three to one. I, I just don't think the Bulls trade. They have what it takes right now to be able to come back and win three games in a row. I mean, even though Washington's not a powerhouse you still have to win three games in a row, and one of those being in Washington. Do you think Chicago has a team in, in place to be able to pull that off? I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and think they could say lose in Chicago the next game, Trey. Yeah, I don't think they have what it takes to, to, to put the to win on the you know, three straight games, which we all know is, is pretty incredible to do in sports. It's, it's rare. Um, without, without a healthy, viable Derrick Rose, I don't think it's there for them, Tarvin. And I just think, you know, Noah has been a bit of a, bit of a disappointment in this series. And some of the young guys who Washington sort of thought were going to progress at some point, um, Bradley Beal has been really good. You know, John Wallace been incredible. Uh, so you got to look at those guys, and maybe they're sort of making their coming out party. 
um, you know, statement. But we'll have to see. I, I think if they, they put away the Bulls, they can be interesting, Tarvin, if they dominate the series the way if they finish out the way they've dominated it so far, I think people might see uh, the, this Washington team as one of those teams who could be, maybe, maybe, I mean, who knows, we, we're all looking for someone to compete against Miami in the East. All right, well, Cuervo, you're with us now, hopefully. Uh, what do you think about your Bulls down 3-1? Any chance you're giving to come back and win this series? Can you hear me, guys? Yeah, I hear you. Okay. Well, the first time I, I was, like, talking and uh, I was not getting a response, so I assumed I wasn't in the chat or in the queue. So, But um, do I give the Bulls a chance to win the series? No. However, can they at least – can you guys please win in Chicago? That way I don't waste 100 bucks on a ticket. Uh, I would really appreciate that. If you're going to lose, lose in Washington, please. Let's, let's try to stretch this thing out as – you know, as much as possible. So you spent $100 on the ticket. Did you do it before the series started, or did you do it today? No, I, I just got it uh, on a Friday, actually. Um, you know, got, uh, I got – it was a deal. It, it, was a, it, was a, it was a deal that I, that I found or whatever. It's actually going to be a, a, in the suite. It's a suite uh, – so I'll be in the suite for the game on Tuesday night. That's pretty well, good deal. Cuervo, you're, you're, I think you're breaking up a little bit. I, I'm having trouble hearing you. Can you check your connection for me? I know we're having studio problems over here. Um, but the trade, let's go to the Atlanta Hawks right quick. They're, you know, they had a golden opportunity to to really put a stranglehold on this series, being at home. They had a chance to go up 3-1. to one. They let Indiana steal one. Now it's two to two going back to Indiana. What do you think about the Pacers, Trey? Uh, I think the Pacers have figured something out. Um, remember, this is the Hawks team that seem to have their number. And when you have a team like that and you can sort of steal one that maybe even you yourself, the Indiana Pacers, had a doubt about winning and they come out and win that game, I think that might be. I mean, they have the talent, obviously, to out, out, outplay and win against Atlanta. It's just a matter of finding that X factor that somehow Atlanta seems to have over them. If that spell gets broken, Tarvin, I think the Pacers will close this out pretty quickly. Yeah, I think the Pacers win the next two. I think they win this 4-2. to two. I think yesterday something clicked and they finally started playing together again. So the Pacers team, you know, possibly could be dangerous. We'll see. I think that's the only team that could really beat Miami. So if, if, if anybody out there is hoping Miami loses the series and, and doesn't three-peat, then you better hope Indiana doesn't lose because I think I think they would be able to get up Trey for Miami really. I think they're a team that's just looking for Miami and, and they're young and I think they're dumb in a way and they only play when it's when it's prime time and big. They they can't play the smaller games, so they're gonna have to mature in order to be able to be a, a true contender in my opinion. Well yeah, I mean and you know, maybe it's just the Atlanta game, but I'll tell you what, Tarvin, I mean they're not playing like a team that we all thought, you know, a couple months ago we're going to be able to sort of dethrone and maybe even represent the East, uh, taking that away from Miami. But now, you know, what do we see? We see the Pacers struggling in the first round, and we see uh, Miami really just destroying the Bobcats. And, you know, I don't think Atlanta is a much better team than the Bobcats. So um, you got to think that Miami is sort of playing focused at the right time. And, and Indiana, as we've talked about before, uh, seems to have some chemistry issues. 
I'm trying to get Cuervo back right now, so he'll be back on in a minute once the studio allows him to get back in. Um, OKC Memphis, Trey. OKC had a huge win last night. Again, this is overtime. It seems to me, and maybe I'm wrong, every game they play is an overtime. Nobody can close it out in regulation, but, wow, if you're Oklahoma City, you have to be taking a deep breath right now, thankful that you're tied at two going back to OKC, Trey. Well, I mean, Memphis is just one of those teams that just really seem to fight sort of for every possession. And I really am am, uh, sort of impressed with the way Memphis has really given Oklahoma City everything they wanted in this. And I'm going to go and meet real quick, buddy. Yeah, Oklahoma City is a team, Cuervo, that you look at them. On paper, this shouldn't even be a series, really, if you look at what they've done in the regular season. But it's playoff basketball now. I mean, is it good that OKC is playing a tough series like this so they don't get too cocky, or or do you think this is beating them up and they're not going to have enough to finish in the Western Conference Finals, maybe, if they make it? Um, Well, can you hear me any better now, Tarvin? Does it sound any better? Yeah, Yeah, a lot better. All right, it's probably it's probably my stupid Bluetooth uh, earpiece that I had, but um, you know I, I think it's a good thing as long as they can advance, obviously, because if they can come back and they can uh, you know win this series, then I, I think it's one of those things where you know they 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 don't because when teams breeze through the playoffs, sometimes that's a bad thing. So if they can show that they can win close games early, then I think they carry that mentality going into the into the later rounds and it'll it'll allow them to know how to win these close games. And um I think that's what Oklahoma City's problem was the first time they went to the finals is, you know, they kind of breezed through the playoffs from what I remember. But this time if they can kinda of have to show that they can win close games then I think it'll benefit them Later on, yeah, I, I look at I look at OKC, and I, I think you're about to see another gear by these guys. I, I think you're going to start seeing them play to what they're capable of playing. They've been woken up; they're awake now. I mean, that's all I'm going to tell you. I think they're awake, just like the Pacers. I mean, it's scary when you're on the road and you could be down three to one, and that's exactly what happened to Chicago. That's what could have happened to uh, Indiana, what could have happened to OKC, but they, they those two didn't allow it to happen. I'm going to go ahead and say OKC takes care of them in seven. I think this is going to be a seven-game series. I think Memphis is going to take game six, Oklahoma City five, and then I think at the end Oklahoma City and Durant's going to take care of them in game seven. But it's not going to be easy, and it's not going to get easier after they, they get past this series, Trey. Well, think about this. I mean, you may be very, very right. And I mean, obviously, I had Oklahoma State moving on in a, in a, in a longer series as well. But imagine if Memphis and Dallas win their series, and we see Oklahoma City and San Antonio, you know, booted from the playoffs. I mean, man, it's, that's a crazy scenario for the West, and, and possibly a great scenario for Miami. That's a bad scenario for the NBA, Trace. That would kill the ratings, I think, if both of those teams went down like that early. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that and with all the Clippers, um, the Clipper gate, or if you will, going on, I mean, I think people are going to have a tough time rooting for them. So, um, you know, if you lose two favorites, people who you obviously are rooting for in San Antonio because of the team that they represent, and then, of course, what Kevin Durant does, it's hard, not to, root, hard to root against them. 
uh, the NBA lost both those teams in the West. Yeah, you're right. It might be a little bit of a, a ratings uh, hiccup for them. Well, the rating, well, let's just go ahead and get right into it since we have a couple of us on the phone here. And let's talk about Mr. Donald Sterling. You know, you talk about, some, you know, the wrong time for something to come out was right now the Clippers up 2-1, to one, hoping to go up on a 3-1 to one on Golden State today in Golden State. But, you know, I'm not buying it that this was a distraction and that's why they lost. The Golden State came out and took care of business today on their home court. What I expected them to do without this, but... But, Trey, I haven't heard from you about Sterling's comments. I mean, just your initial thoughts right now after you've listened. I'm sure you've listened to all the videos. Though. Well, I haven't listened to them all. I, I saw what I think I thought I sort of wanted to hear enough of, I guess, before I um, – you know, I, I'm not <laughs> sure. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to do what Adam Silver is doing, which is withhold judgment, which I think everybody, everybody deserves. Um but I'll tell you, it's pretty disgusting if, if it comes out to be true, Tarvin, that it's not a fake video, that, you know, this, you know, woman who apparently has said she was out to get him, if this isn't fabricated, if this was something he said, uh, and it certainly appears from, to me, at least, and um, that, it, that it was, he, he said it. Uh, it's pretty disgusting we have a guy who is an NBA owner um, making those comments. I, it's just it's kind of infuriating to me. You know, what, what What concerned me was today they said it on TV about they did vote as a team whether they would even play today. And that, that concerns me. That That's a little too much, Cuervo, when you can sit out of a basketball game that, that you're paid to do on your job. And so many fans have bought tickets, purchased tickets for this game, to even think about not playing. I mean, what, what kind of mindset, mental toughness does the Clippers have? Uh, little to none. I mean, you know, is it unfortunate, the situation? Yeah, of course it is. But at the same time, this is the same guy that's paying you those millions of dollars that you love to spend on, you know, the, the nice cars that you're buying and the new house you're buying. So if it really disgusted you that much, then maybe you should, you know, turn all that stuff in and, and not accept anything you're buying with his money, Right. I mean, if, if it really bothers you that much, but, oh, wait, we're not going to do that, though, because we like the money that, that he gives you. So it, it's it's kind of one of those things where, you know, you'll, you'll accept the money, but you won't now because this all comes out, oh, now you don't want to work for him. But you, but, you, but you go ahead and you cash that check, right? So it just it, it kind of – you have to look at it both ways, and 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 I don't want to hear. Oh, I feel sorry for the team. I feel sorry for the players, the coaches. No, these guys, these guys are loaded with cash. So I don't feel sorry for any of them. Is it unfortunate what's going on? Of course it is. And you never want to hear these types of things being said or or anything like that. But you know, um, at the same time, but to answer your original question, yeah, I mean. It, it shows very, very mental uh, weakness, you know, and, and this whole uh, putting the warm-up suits inside out and all this other stuff. And okay, yeah, I get it, whatever. But I mean, you still you still have a job to do at the same time. Well, Trey, I don't know if you found out your boss was a racist. Would you would you not show up to work tomorrow? Would would you use that as an excuse? Well, it's a little different for me. I, I, you know, the, 
that is sort of making me go to work. It's not it's a crime. Uh, but I'll tell you this um, about about whether the players knew. And again, we're assuming for this argument's sake, that's what we do, kind of assume um, for the show that what he said is true and this guy's a racist. Let's just go ahead and assume all that. We don't know those facts for sure, but I'm going to assume them, Tarvin. Um, this is the same guy who had a bunch of settlements the last couple of years uh, for racial discrimination. So this owner of the Clippers didn't come into this one comment, or multiple comments, I should say, uh, with sort of a clean slate. Like, <laughs> He's had a couple of more than one racial racial discrimination suit against him. Um, so I think as a player and as a coach, you have to have that at least somewhat knowledge that you're working for, you know, a pretty um, you know bad person when it comes to that. I mean, I just, I have to think that they they that he's made a comment around them at some point, which makes them think this guy's pretty pretty awful. And Trey, it sounds like listen to that video, and Cuervo will probably agree since we we talked about it. It did sound like in the video that that she baited him into say, "I'm not making excuses for the guy. What he said was terrible." But when you're one on one and there's no cameras on you, no recording that you're aware of, you, you can say some crazy things when you're mad, when you're angry, especially you know how relationships go. You can be very intense. And and it just sounded like she baited him, Trey. She baited him into saying some of this stuff and just kept on and on him about it until he finally broke. Yeah. Well, that, that may be true, but obviously if she was baiting him, she probably knew what his general demeanor was. Like I said, this guy's got lawsuits in the past for this very same sort of issue. So, like I said, I'll be willing to bet his inner circle, even the people who he's hired, uh, probably have a really good understanding of who he is when it comes to this. And the rest of us are sort of just finding out. Well, Trey, do you think anything can be done by the NBA when it when it yeah. comes to this issue right here? Oh yeah, I, th- I think you know I don't know how much is on the table when it comes to that, um, you know. But I don't I don't know if they get, they have the power to to make him sell the team. But I think they could probably do just about anything in between. Um, you know, I don't know how much suspending him from watching games in person really does, but I mean, I'm sure they can do that at least, and maybe even you know, suspend him from team operations and that kind of stuff, but he's the owner. I mean, you can't do a whole lot. Could you, if you're the NBA, Trey, could you allow players to actually leave Los Angeles, even if they're in a contract or whatever, allow that contract to be null and void, allow them to go somewhere else if they don't want to play? or, Or the fans could just quit coming to the games. That would really send a good message. Well, the fans, yeah. I'm not sure if under the collective bargaining agreement that that would be a precedent that you could set if you're the NBA. I mean, um, because then there's always the the argument of, well, this is close enough to that scenario to let us void our contracts and that kind of stuff. So I, mean, I don't know what their contracts say in that regard. I'd be surprised if they could void it. Um, I'd be really surprised if they could. Well, Trey, you know, while I go to Cuervo, I'm hearing a lot of, of racial comments in a way coming from people responding to Sterling and everything, Cuervo. I don't know if you're hearing that, but responding with with racism it kind of defeats the whole purpose, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does, uh, Arvin. And I mean, you know, it's 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 all it's all funny, I guess, for for from one point, but then it's not funny on the other side. So. Um, 
Yeah, I know Sonny, Sonny is, who's in the chat room right now, uh, posted uh, Snoop Dogg's response to it. And, uh, you know, he decided to use the word redneck. And I brought it up to Target's attention. I'm like, well, hold on a second. So are we going to make this an issue now? I mean, we have a famous rapper who used a racial, racial comment, a word, just as if it was a white man calling a, a black person the N-word. So, but we're not going to make a big deal of that, right? So, and, that, and that's what, Tarvin, you were talking about that earlier on our show, how the, the reverse side of it, it's not as, it's not as, as I guess, big of a deal. It's not going to be as publicized as, you know, the other way around. So it, it just kind of makes you wonder, like, not is it, you know, is it okay or accepted, but why, why is there, why is it almost like a, like a double standard almost? Yeah, Trey, Trey, if this was Michael Jordan doing this as an owner, um, what would have happened now if he would have been on the opposite end talking about white people? Do you think it would be a big of a deal? Hey, sorry, I'm uh, okay. Yeah, okay. I'm on. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be on mute for a second, buddy. I, I'm sorry. I'll have to. I'll have to answer when I get back. I'm gonna be on mute for a second. All right, go ahead. But I mean, I look at. I look at it and, and look. What Sterling said. There's no excuse. You could sit up here and and talk hours and hours, and you wouldn't be able to convince me that what he said was okay because it's not. A person like that does not need to be an owner of anything. Doesn't need to be over people. Doesn't need to be in leadership. So, you know, I, I hope the NBA can do something to get him out because in the world we live in today, we're trying to move away from that. We're not trying to get there. But hearing Snoop's comments and all these other people coming at it, you can't attack racism with racism. That's not that's – not, that's going to cause war. And if Snoop Dogg were to talk to me like that, to my face, he'd be, he'd be rapping somewhere in another country probably. That's how far I would knock him out. The, the Cuervo, it's, it is double standards, man. I mean, there there is double standards in this country, and that's just the way it is, man. Yeah, it, it, and I mean, it's it's unfortunate, really. I mean, and, and that's why and that's why it never goes away, because and 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 I know you. I'm going to try to respect your you know your demands as much as I can, as far as making it clean and not being disrespectful. However, I need to make my point here, okay? The thing is, like, okay, how do I say this? It seems the reason it, 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 first of all, the reason it's a double standard and why we, it's never going to stop as far as this whole thing is concerned is because when it comes to certain, you know, when it comes to saying slurs and when it comes to certain things being said, a white man will take it differently from a black man. And this is not to try and be racist, uh, Tarvin. However, think about it. When, if I was to call you a name, you're just going to kind of, you know, laugh it off, right? But if I was to call a black man something, he flips out and, 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 you know, it offends me and I, I'm a racist all of a sudden and, 
you know, becomes an issue. The way certain races handle things is what makes this thing ongoing. Well, basically what I'm getting at is until, you know, black people get thicker skin and, and they need to, you know, understand that sometimes it's not meant in a way to be racist or anything like that. And But yet it, it, every single time it's being said, oh, it's it's offensive and and they want to take it to the extreme. However, you have Snoop, and we're laughing about it, or whatever the case may be. People are laughing it off, and it's okay. It's socially acceptable. Well, why? Why is it acceptable? Because white people, they don't get offended so easily. Just like you said, it doesn't offend you, whatever, whatever. Okay. But it's still there, though. The word is still there. And for him to use the word redneck, okay, are you going to go and, and post a video for everybody to see, oh, look what Snoop said? Like, Tarvin, I don't think you're going to take it to that extreme, but if you wanted to, I suppose you really could and let people know how offended you are by it. But you're not going to do that because it's not that serious. But if it was the other way around, then it's all over the news. Do, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I know I know exactly what you're saying, buddy. I mean that's that's just the way it goes in this world, and you you can't fight it with you, you can't fight racism with racism. And and you're right. Some people you can say something to, and 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 I I think you have to have a good relationship with somebody to be able to know if you can joke around and things like that. Like I have friends that that call me cracker. You know, and you know what I laugh because it's funny. I like that word, and I don't get offended by it. I mean, I'm not a hundred percent white. There's, I mean, I don't know many people that that are a hundred percent of anything. You know, and it, it's just funny. It wouldn't bother me, but when I hear people get so upset using racial slurs towards the person that started the racism stuff, that shows me that they're racist too. Are you? Do you think Snoop Dogg's a racist? I do. I think he's one of the biggest racists in the world, and yet he's offended because someone else says something. It's okay to be offended, but you don't have to come out and make a pass of yourself when, when you hear that, Trey. Are you back, Trey? I think I think Sonny's with us right now off Skype. Sonny, is that yeah. you? Yeah, it, it's me. What's up, buddy? Not much, not much. Just joining in for a little bit as I... Um, got done, I spending some time with uh, the wife, and um, and now I've seen that you were on. Um, the the reason why, just to kind of get into that, is is that the the black community of today um, feels justified in their retaliation against those kind of things. So it's okay for them to speak out because their people have been so oppressed over the years and the hundreds of years that it's been. So they they use it as a rationale, as an excuse to do the same thing. Now, it's not right, and we all know it's not right, but that's the reason why it's accepted. And it's usually, really, in reality, if you think about it, it's only accepted amongst the people who have been oppressed over the years. I mean, you and I see 
I, you know, I, I've never been, you know, I, I've, I've been oppressed because of my, my family situation. But what you said about thick skin is really huge. Um, I don't let that kind of stuff bother me. Although every once in a while it will strike a nerve and it will piss me off to a point where, you know, I'll get angry about it. Um, but at the, at the same time, that doesn't make it right. But the, we, it's the, it's just the justification, and the, the, in other words, the justification is the excuse for the bad behavior. Well, Sonny, I think we have Jonathan on too. He's taking his lunch break right now. Where, Jonathan? You want to add any comments on Donald Sterling? Yeah, um, I think Donald Sterling should be banned from the NBA. I think uh, those his. his his comments were absolutely ridiculous. The unfortunate reality is he's been making comments like this in the public eye since 1983, and nobody's had the cojones to do anything about it. Um, I think now is the time. Adam Silver, welcome to the floor. You are now the, the commissioner of the NBA. Make a stand. Kick this guy out. Turn him into a Marge Shot. If, if y'all don't know who Marge Shot is, she was the owner of the Cincinnati Reds, the pro-Nazi owner who – Really, you know, try to run that fran- that franchise into the ground, and before Major League Baseball told her go away, and that's what Adam Silver needs to do. He needs to get Donald Sterling out. He is nothing but poison for this game. Michael Jordan said it perfectly when he said, "You know, um, as an owner, I'm shocked. As a player, I'm appalled." Because he's right. I mean, that's what it. That's that's really what it is. As an owner, you're kind of like this is part of my fraternity. One of my brothers, if you would say, saying this about me, and then as a player, you go. I play for somebody who thinks that? Come on now. Hey, Jonathan, I'd play for them. If they were handing me millions of dollars, I could care less what they thought of me. As long as they're writing that paycheck, I could care less because I'd be laughing my tail off to the bank. You know, I, I could I, I could care less about that. But, again, I'm not an NBA player, so I don't, I don't know much about it. I know we have Trey Cuervo, Sonny with us. And, Jonathan, I wanted to ask you your opinion on this. Say Michael Jordan – this would have come out of his mouth instead of Sterling's. What What do you think it would be today? What kind of story would it be? What story? That, that's that's, that's <laughs> what, I mean, I'm not trying to be cheap. I mean, that's literally, really, what story? Michael Jordan says that. And if you flip it, Michael Jordan says, that, I, I don't want you to be taking pictures of white people, blah, blah, blah. There would be no story. Nobody would say a, Nobody would say a thing. You wouldn't have the president come out and saying something about it. It'd be swept under the rug so quickly, you wouldn't have a chance to get a second glimpse at it. And that's the unfortunate reality uh, nowadays. I, I, I hate to say it, but it is. It's, it ain't right, but it ain't going to change for a long time. Sonny, what about freedom of speech? You know, the, you know, the freedom of speech. and the, What do you think about that in this case? Freedom of speech has a price. I mean, because you can do whatever you want, but there's always a person that's willing to take you to court um, for, um, you know, purposely. Uh, what, what's the term? You know, um, you know, in, in, intentional affliction of emotional distress. Um, you, you, you always have that. So freedom, freedom of expression, freedom of speech does have a price. It just depends on whether or not you can pay for it. Cuervo? Yeah, yeah, I mean, 
It does have, I mean, and, and that's why things are how they are today. I mean, you just have to always, you know, look over your shoulder whenever you say something that might offend someone, which, heck, nowadays, you know, you can't say anything without it bothering someone. Someone out mm-hmm. there will be offended by just about anything you say. And, Didn't Sterling get in trouble for not renting in his apartments to to Hispanics or blacks or what was it? He got both. in trouble or sued for that. Okay, it was both. both. It was and it, how are you, it was the biggest payout stupid? ever. <laughs> how was, are you that it was stupid? The, yeah, it, it was the biggest payout ever. That's what I'm saying. You know, in that kind of in that kind of uh, suit, it was the biggest payout ever. So his freedom of speech cost him the biggest uh, uh, the biggest uh, judgment against him. Um, but he's got the money, so he can pay it. So, but if you and I are saying that they're not getting anything from us because we don't have anything, in reality, when you when you um, when you offend someone, it, it really isn't offensive unless you can figure out how much you can get from them. And, and that, but that's just the way of our society right now. Amen. Because it, 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 if Tarvin says it, they're not going to give a rat's big fat butt about it, okay? Uh, but, you know, Sterling says, that, well, they're going to go after the pocket. And, and this little money-hungry hoe, this oh. thing was set up from the whole get-go, okay? This thing, you know, she was egging them into these questions and egging them to do yep. it. And, you know, and I put also another thing thing in there it, it, i think this is the girl that they're they're trying to sue her or you know for you know, for embezzlement for one one point eight million dollars yep. but yeah he still hangs around her i mean so you know is, so is it embezzlement or is it just an understood baby you can go ahead and do it but now someone's pissed so now guess what someone's going to court uh you find the deep pocket and you go for them, and that's what, and that's what's gonna, and that's what's gonna end up happening here. And, and no offense against the Clippers, they're turning their warm-up jerseys around and not to be seen. That was no statement whatsoever. I would have loved to see them just walk off the. But what? By the way, I won a hundred dollars on that. I, I took that money right to the bank too. By the way, I put a hundred bucks on today's game, and I knew it was gonna happen, and I knew it was gonna affect this uh, this basketball team when they were out on the field because I've seen it happen when something so deep affects a football team or or a basketball team or whatever and this one here they didn't have a snowball chance in hell winning this football or basketball game today Sonny, 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 there are no banks open on Sunday so you're lying there I caught you in a lie no 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 on my website on my (laughs) website (laughs) but but you know what if 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 this had happened to a mentally tough team I would have taking the Clippers, but this team's not mentally strong. You have CP3 almost falling apart because of it. You could tell him even making mm-hmm. comments about it before the game showed his mind wasn't there. But I would have more respect for people if they didn't say anything. To, if, I mean, if you ignored this uh, way, if you didn't see magic, if you didn't see magic on there, all this stuff, and everybody and Barkley and all these mouth, guys. I couldn't play for him, lame. Is he? I couldn't play for him. I couldn't play for him. You, you heard that all throughout the thing. I don't believe that for one second because, really, let's be honest, it's all about the quan. It's all about the money that's being put in your pocket, and you knew they were going to play. Well, and that's why when yeah. it came to Michael, they kind of forced the comments out of him because Michael's original comments were no comment. Everybody started bashing Michael because he didn't have a comment. Michael was forced. <laughs> 
to say something. That's the problem here, is that people actually attacked Michael Jordan for not having a stance from the get-go. So they've been prodding everybody to talk about this. I, I, I just don't get it. I mean, why? Why is the media so happy to bring racism up? Why do they want Why? to make because it a big battle? Because it's ratings, Jonathan. You know that. It's money. It's ratings, ratings, ratings. Creates yeah, controversy, controversy, controversy creates conversation. But, but, but what if? What if this happened? After that came out, you know, I told Sonny yesterday, and you were on there, Cuervo or Roger, I said, you know, it's just a matter of time before ESPN picks this up, and it's just going to be an all-day event, and that's all that's been. And, and, you know, I wish it could have happened without being such a big deal. And it is a big deal, trust me. I'm not saying that. But what would have happened if people would have just kept their comments to themselves right now and, and then go behind the scenes and work to get this guy out? I mean, all you're doing is giving him more attention, more fame mm-hmm. and everything. And sometimes that's the worst thing you can do, Jonathan, is just to keep talking mm-hmm. about it and keep talking about it. You're right. You're absolutely right. And I've said that before. It's kind of be, it's like the TiVo. I mean, that's what it became is we talked so much about TiVo, people learned to dislike TiVo because everybody kept talking about TiVo. That's what the issue is. If Magic Johnson shuts up from the beginning, doesn't say a word, because let's be honest, no Clipper fan wants Magic Johnson at a game anyway. He's a Laker. They don't want him there. Well, I'm never going to go to a Clipper game ever again. Good. Nobody wants you there anyways. But, I mean, if he shuts up, if everybody just sits down and is quiet, doesn't say a thing, if people aren't prodding Michael to say something, and people aren't trying to prod Larry Bird into saying something. And Mark Cuban, which I know this would be an act of God to have, because even in death I think he would still be speaking. But if you asked him, hey, could you not say anything? He said, okay, just sweep it under the rug. We'll, we'll deal with Sterling and get him out of the league. But Magic had to open his mouth, and it just started, it just started spiraling. It just started it – it was a snowball rolling down the hill and kept getting bigger and bigger. Hey, hey Jonathan, Jonathan, did you hear Snoop Dogg's comment? Do I care what Snoop Dogg thinks? I don't care what our president has to say about this. Sonny, <laughs> uh, I don't know what you thought about Snoop Dogg's comments. What did you think? Well, I, you know, I just see you were talking about it. You know, it, it, it's retaliation of anger. You know, it's something that, that never goes away. Uh, in re, and back to what they were saying, you know, as far as magic, I mean, magic was unfortunately a big portion of this whole thing. It was all in the recording and everything, and it was about a picture with him and everything else. And um, so he, he pretty much had to say something. But Kobe Bryant having to say something, you know, and the first thing in the ESPN guy asked uh, Avery Johnson, how do you feel about it? Oh, you know, he's going to answer, hey, man, I'm glad he said something like that. That made me feel real good. What do you expect Avery Johnson to say? I mean, come on. I mean, can, can we get a little bit better journalism here? Okay, uh, what do you think about it? Well, of course he's disgusted. I mean, jeez. I mean, it's it, so much it, funny. I, I know, I know. I I, I beg for for common sense, you know. I mean, geez, you know. You know but that, that that's what it is. But here's here's the thing, you know. Stephen A. Smith is running with this, and guess what? He's going to be all <laughs> over ESPN tomorrow morning. And and guess what? I'm going to watch 
because I, I'm just ready for more of his rhetoric that he's going to come by and, and say how horrible this is. But yet he's come out many times saying that he says the N word all the time. But oh, but it's perfectly acceptable for him. He's just—he's almost as bad as Sterling in, in a different way. Um, so you know, I don't have any respect for Stephen A. But they're going to bring it all over ESPN um, tomorrow morning on First Take. You watch. Well, you know why Kobe said something, Sonny? Because back in, I want to say, 04, it might have been sooner, but I think it was 04, Kobe was looking at staying in the Staples Center but go, but switching to the Clippers. He was going to sign yep. with the Clippers and leave the Lakers. And then he found out who Sterling is as a human. And he said he could never play for the man. And at this point, Kobe was just kind of like, well, at least now I know, and I'm kind of reaffirming, everybody for all these years was like, well, maybe. Now it's a reaffirmation. That's all it is. That's like Kobe said, wait, it was just one line on Twitter. That was it. No further explanation. You know what I mean? And, yep. and that's, that's really it. I, I but, uh, Yeah, Brian, can, can we move on to Mel Tyson being an idiot about Alabama? <laughs> yeah, let's let's do that. But but this is something that I, I just want to, in closing on this subject, I want to let everybody know out there, we do not support what Sterling said. I mean, anybody that would say those kind of things, all you can do is pray for them because they have so much anger and bitterness and hate in their heart that the only person that can change them is God. I mean, they're old, they're set in their ways, and I, I just feel sorry for people that hate like people like that over something like that. So keep him in your prayers. He's going to need it in this media. The poor guy is going to be, I don't know if he'll even make it, Sonny. He, he might have a, make it you know, a death wish. <laughs> yeah, I mean, somebody may, just, <laughs> somebody may kill him before that. But, you know, we're not for anything he said. But I'm, John, Jonathan, we're going to move since you're on lunch break. And Trey, I don't know if you're back yet. Um yeah, trades back now, but let's move on to Mel Kiefer's comments. And Sonny, I'll start with you on this. Um, Mel Kiefer's comments about Alabama players—you know, a lot of the, the owners are skeptical about taking them because they they haven't been performing on the field and they've been burned a lot. What do you think the reason is? Alabama players struggle once they get to the NFL. Because is everything you know? Everything is good in Alabama on a college level. Um, it, it just still does not even come close to what they're going to face when they get to the NFL. They say it's a lot stronger, faster, and everything else, and it's so much of a shock. They think they're so good. They think they're at that level. So when they walk in there, they have no clue how fast it is. They can't adjust to it. They can't stand up to it, and that's the problem. And, that, and you can say what you want. Everybody, oh, you know, they can beat an NFL team. Hey, let me tell you right now, put the Jacksonville Jaguars on the field with them right now, and they'll Wipe the floor with them. That's just the, that's just the facts. Now that being said, you know you know their egos are so big right now that they think they can walk in and just you know, perform at an NFL level without work. And and that and that and that comes from coaching. Jonathan, what do you think the reasons are? Sonny brings up some good points, but again, these are the best of the best in college. Really, five star blue chippers. And I'm just interested to hear what you say. Because the best NFL players aren't five-star blue chippers. If you go through the dra- if yep. you go through the top players, we're talking about three stars. 
guys who are hungry, guys who are told you can't make it. They make it, yep. and when they do make it, people are like, you still can't make it. Well, I'm here, and now I'm going to prove that I'm an All-American. I'm, I'm a Hall of Famer. I'm this, I'm that. No Kuiper's a moron, first and foremost. I think I made that pretty obvious when um, on, on, on my post when you posted the story on, uh, on the Way in Sports uh, Facebook page. No Kuiper's a moron. He should not have a job. He's, he's the one who hypes up these LBM defensive players every year. Hypes up every year. Now he's skeptical with <laughs> that. Well, and why? Because Alabama players are more physical. There's no doubt. It's a physical team. But it's a great system. It's an 11-man system. It's a system that you could bring to the NFL. No doubt in my mind. But it's a system that needs 11 NFL players. And what Alabama has is 11 college guys. Okay, these guys are more physical, but they're not faster. There's no way they're faster. No No way way. they're stronger. No, C.J. Mosley. All right, people love him. They do. I don't know why. He can't stay healthy. All right, can he cover? Yeah, but he's not fast. I mean, it, that, that's the thing, though, is every year an Alabama guy comes out and they're like, oh, we're grueling. We have to, we, you know, we have to draft this guy. No, you don't. And they haven't proven anything. Mark Barron plays in the Bucks. I love Mark Barron. But he is not ready. He's not fast enough for the NFL game. And this will be his third year. Hey, Jonathan. Jonathan, you remember Rashad Johnson, the walk-on at Alabama corner. He's now having a very successful career with Arizona. I think these exactly. guys develop develop too fast sometimes, or they peak out. Now these guys that are hungry and have a work ethic, now they realize how to make it. They're being successful. But these guys Rolando are McClain. I, I mean, Rolando yeah. McClain. I write that. That's, that summarizes the whole Alabama draft class the, the, under the it, whole statement. Because think about it. Mark Ingram, what has he done? Chip Richardson, I still want to wait and see. So I think he's very good. I think Indianapolis offensive line, which is very bad. But name me a quarterback. McElroy? Mm. Give me a receiver. Give me a tight end. Give me an offensive lineman from Alabama. Give me a defensive lineman. Give me a lineman. I'll give you Julio. I'll give you Julio. Julio is about the only one I can think of. Right, so Trent Richardson, Julio Jones, Mark Barron, Rashad Johnson are the four guys – who are NFL players that are good NFL players. But you go through the reps and you kind of scratch your head going, my goodness, what has happened? Terrence Cody, we're, we're Baltimore, you going to play him? I mean, can he ever even get on the field? Uh, Javier Arenas, Mark Ingram, uh, I mean, really? I, they're overhyped, unfortunately. And, and, it, and it's nothing to do against them. It's the fact that Saban's created the perfect, yep. and these guys are part of a system. They're product of a system. They're not individual stars. Yep. Well, Jonathan, Jonathan, I want to say something before I turn it to Cuervo and Trey right here to get their opinions, and this is what I've heard, and it, it's made sense over the years. I'm not saying it's true because I don't know, but I've heard some people tell me that, that the use of anabolic steroids in college is, is a lot greater, but in the NFL they test for that stuff very and, you know, you're, the piss man comes often in the NFL and college. It's, it's kind of like they can use them and use them. And, Trey, I'll go to you on this one. What are the chances of using steroids in college all the time and in the NFL you have to play clean? Does that affect you? Well, yeah, I think it does affect people. I think there are teams uh, out there that um, that may be more prevalent with this. Um with you know the use of steroids and the use of performance enhancing uh, drugs, but you know it, it's not as if I think it's not as if all Alabama players are busting them out. 
you know, Chance Warmack last year is, is a pretty good offensive lineman. And let's not forget the running back for the Green Bay Packers, uh, Lacey, who had a really great year. So um, it's not as if everybody in Alabama is, is busting Carvin, and I want to sort of pump the brakes on that. Um, I think it's more prevalent because more of their players are getting drafted highly. Um, and so obviously there's a chance that they're going to bust a little bit. If you had the same number from other schools, um, I mean, I'll, I'll use uh, Florida State, for example. Um, Bjorn Warner went in the first round and did nothing uh, with the Colts. So, you know, it's not as if, um, you know, every school who gets two and three in the first round, uh, you go back in history and they're not they're not all doing that great. Yeah, I mean, the, the Cuervo, Cuervo, there's a lot that goes into this performance on the field in the NFL compared to college. What do you think the main reason for, you know, Alabama's failures in the draft for these players? I think it comes down to work ethic, guys. And the reason I, I, I use work ethic is because mm-hmm. when you're so talented and when you're at the highest level in college, you automatically – these guys automatically think in their head, oh, okay, well, you know, I should be fine at the at the uh, professional level, and they don't yep. work as hard to improve and to get better once they go once they make it to the to the National Football League. And you know, you guys were mentioning guys like Javier Arenas, and you were mentioning, um, uh, you know, Mark Ingram, Trent Richardson. You know, m- some of these guys, they've. They've already they've already been traded away because obviously these NFL teams see maybe either the lack of talent or the lack of the work effort and they say you know what he's not a fit for our team anymore we need to let this guy go so I, I think that might have something to do with it as well as just overall uh, you know work ethic and and I, I said it before you know I think some of these. You know they're they're more hyped up because they're from Alabama. People expect that they're ready to play in the NFL already mm-hmm. because of Saban. Everybody has that for some reason because they play for Saban. They're they're able to start, go to the NFL and transition easy, and that's how he recruits. I mean, he tells kids this, and you know I'll get you ready for the NFL. You see, here here's a list of the players where they go in the draft. But I wonder if if this is going to start coming up a lot because. I think once you're a team, you've got 11 players on that defense. You all work together for a couple of years together. You practice every day. There's more of a camaraderie in college than in the NFL. And when these guys get into the NFL, it's a business. You're playing with 27, 28, 30-year-old men that have kids, wives, mortgage, a lot of bills, and they're grown men. you telling me a 30-year-old man is not stronger than a, than a 21-year-old kid? Come on. I mean, it's, it's a big difference in college in the NFL. And I think the players that come in with the attitude of, you know, a two-star in college, they come up and they're a three or four when they graduate, they get to the NFL, and yet they still can be developed. I still believe that some of these guys peak out at high school and college level and they can't go anymore. And that, that's what I think. The steroid stuff, that's all a, a myth. I mean, it could be true. It could not. I think a lot of players use steroids in college football. I mean, if I mm-hmm. played college football, I probably would, honestly. You know, just uh, just to be able to withstand the beating they take, Sonny. I mean, there's a lot of beating going on in football. 
Yeah, and I, I think I get what you're saying about the steroids and stuff. You're, you, I think you, there's some validity to what you're saying. But, you know, I, I always go back, and you look at the teams such as the Alabamas and the Florida States right now. You know, they're on top of the world and everything. But the simple fact of the matter is that's the problem. They're on top of the world. They, they, think that they, they, they think they're already God's gift to the NFL before they even take one snap in the NFL, never mind go through one training ca- uh, camp. Once they get in training camp, they're like, holy crap, i got to work for it. As if you take a look at a different type of player, and I'll use the, the classic round six guy of, you know, Tom Brady. You know, Tom Brady wasn't this guy that was going to go out there and, and take the NFL by storm unless he went out there and worked at it and learned the game on that level. But he didn't go in with the overinflated head before he walked in there. He may have it now because he's super he, he he's super Tom Brady, uh, but he conquered the situation and that's the reason why he has the you know, the accolades that he has. So when you're already in there with a with a big head, it's a problem. And and let's be honest. That's one of the biggest things that we bitch about when we do our shows, okay, is these attitudes of these players, and that's what they're going into the NFL with, and they're getting a come to Jesus really quick when they hit the uh, field with the real NFL football players. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And, and you know, I, I want people to know about Nick Saban, and I think he does the best he can do to get people ready for the NFL, and that's why he's getting – every player that, that he wants trade in the NFL because, I mean, in college, because he's a he's one of the best coaches probably ever to coach college football. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and, and I just want to be the, the opposing side, I guess, to the most of this argument. I mean, for, you know, Tarvin, for every Tom Brady, you know, in the sixth round, I mean, I could pick, you know, ten quarterbacks in the NFL who were taken in the first round who were starters. I mean, so – I mean, this, the general rule, and I, I would even say this for Alabama as well, is that a lot of these guys end up being very solid players. Uh, if you go through the entire entirety of the first round, very few years, I mean, are there not m- almost more busts than booms? Uh, and, you, you know, sometimes you get a solid player that we don't really hear from unless you really know the NFL. Uh, so I think these, for Alabama, I think they would be right on the same curve as any other school who puts that many people into the NFL. Uh, I think the, what I heard Alabama's argument is, is it happens to be that some of them are very high first-round picks. Uh, and that's, you know, that's just as much on the evaluators of talent in the NFL. That's uh, true. On the guys in Alabama, because it has to be some somebody willing to take them. Uh, usually they, they play for the Raiders and the Browns, but, you know, it has to be somebody in these NFL teams who are willing to, to take these guys that high. And if they have to do their own evaluations, they can't sit back and just, Listen to Mel Kiper and Todd McShay, and listen to what Saban says he's got. These guys are going to do in the NFL. I mean, it takes real evaluators. And and Jonathan, I know you have to leave in a minute, so I want to go to you on this. And one of the players came out and said that the reason they struggle is because they put so much effort into the college game and they get beat up so much. And that doesn't sound far fetched to me. I mean, you see SEC football. You see the physical, in-the-trenches kind of games. I mean, is there any validity to his statement, in your opinion? Uh, yeah, actually. I mean, can you see guys like C.J. Mosley coming out and 
all the red flags he has for the injuries, and he didn't get hurt because he's injury prone. D. Milliner had so many red flags last year because of injuries. Chance Warmack, Barrett Jones, Eddie Lacy, you know, all these guys had red flags due to medical concerns, and it's because they played physical football. They play ground and pound in your face. Let's get at it, football. And that's exactly what it is. And, and I, you know, and I, I definitely, I definitely agree. And understand, Mark Barron. I mean, all of them. They've all had that medical red flag because they, they they're hurt. And it's like, well, they play hurt. They get hurt and they continue to play. That shows you a lot right there. But the thing is, these NFL teams, like Clay was saying, you bring them in and you're like, all right, you're the number five overall pick. You're a god from the start. Continue to be a god. It, well, no, 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 no. Kid's a rookie. Let him be a rookie. Let him grow. Let him mature as an NFL player. Don't ask him to be the second coming of Barry Sanders from day one. That's not fair to Trent Richardson. It's not fair to Mark Ingram. Okay, let these guys actually grow into their roles. But, you know, that's the last thing I've got to say. I, I do, unfortunately, have to depart. It was a pleasure speaking with all of you, as always. Um, thank you for having me on, Brian. Um, you know, and I look forward to speaking to you all very, very, very soon. All right. Thanks, Jonathan. And, and Cuervo, you know, looking at, at these players, the Alabama players are very highly ranked when they come out. They're, ranked, they're, they're drafted early in the draft, which means they go to crappy teams. I mean, how much does the team they play on factor into their performance? Because if you're on a crappy team, I mean, you're on a crappy team, there's not much you can do about it. No, I mean, that's true. Um, however, I think we've seen – players from other schools be successful. I mean, you look at the Cleveland Browns, for example, you look at a guy like Joe Hayden who went to Florida, I mean, I don't think anybody considers him a scrub. I mean, is he is he Richard Sherman? No, but he's still a good corner. And so it all comes down to, I think, what you – I guess what you make of the situation, but at the same time, um, you know, it's not about the fact, well, they, you know, they – uh, they go to a crappy team. I mean, every year you see it happen. I mean, look at what Andrew Luck did for the Indianapolis Colts, you know, in one season. I mean, look what, look what, um, you know, even Julio Jones, who went to a. I mean, even even though Atlanta was still a good team, but he made them even better than what they are or what they were, and the, and he got them to he helped get them to the next level, if I'm not mistaken, as a rookie, guys. I mean, they, they were they were always one and done in the playoffs, and then he comes in and they get to an NFC Championship game. So, I mean, sometimes it works out, but you know, I mean, you can't really use, in my opinion, the, ex- the excuse of, well, they went to a crappy team. Well, yeah, I mean, that's why you get drafted high is to help these teams get better, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, Trey, I don't know about you, but I'm going to keep drafting these Alabama players as long as they they meet the needs of my team and if they bust, they bust. But what do you what can you do if you're an owner to ensure this doesn't happen really? The bust, did you make sure you get the right yeah. player? Well, I think you have to do your own evaluations, which uh, you know, we talked about and Jonathan was right about some of these guys having huge red flags. Um the guy this year for Alabama who has huge red flags is the left tackle. I can't remember his name. Cyrus um, Quanjo. Yep, Quanjo. Uh, to me, I, I looked at him, Tarvin, and I, I watched you know the the Auburn game and I watched some of the bigger games that he was in, and I thought to myself, this guy's not ready for the pros. Like he is getting beat um, by I mean not guys who are first round talent. 
Uh, and so, you know, if you, if you took him this year in, in the draft, in the top ten picks, I think that's a huge mistake. Now, he's dropped, uh, but you got to think, you know, I mean, are guys willing to go out and do the work, the homework, uh, on these smaller schools as well? Because, I mean, you, you, obviously, I think sometimes some of these scouts are and some of these teams sort of buy into the bling uh, of certain school players. Uh, and that's not what you should be doing. I mean, as you go through the Hall of Fame and you look at some of those, some of the schools. I mean, Jerry Rice, Missouri Valley State. I mean, you can go on and on. I mean, these guys uh, that you find, you have to do your homework uh, to find the guys who may be the most talented when they come out of college. So, I think that's part of the problem. You've seen that with the Raiders time and time again. That they go for bling over over sort of the guys who are just all around solid. If you go through. I think their last 15 first-round picks, I don't think any of them are any good anymore, or even half of them are off, off out of the NFL. And So, I mean, it's just a matter of how you evaluate talent. You have to actually be willing to send guys out to smaller schools and these, some of these guys who are really talented but didn't play maybe at the biggest level of college football. Um, and I think that's part of the problem we have with some of these guys. Well, Sonny, Sonny, before we go tonight, I want to I want to talk about Megatron's comments. You know, the Detroit Lions, for some reason, they've always had that stigma with them. They always choke. They can't make it big time. Their best player, Megatron, says he'll still dunk balls after touchdowns, even though the rules came out that you can't do that. What does that tell you of, of the mindset of today's NFL superstars like this? For you to come out and, and blatantly say you're going to break the rules Still, I mean, what, what does that tell you about the Detroit Lions right now? Tells you exactly where they were as far as discipline on that football team. And they've been a classic example of non-discipline for the, what, last, you know, five years since uh, uh, Sue has stepped into a uniform there in Detroit. Never mind the uh, coaches there who were out of control. And, and, and it just goes to show as a whole that the franchise is a complete and utter mess. Not only is coaching a problem, the players are a problem, but the fact that the ownership has the people in place that they do that are not getting control of this team. You know, and, you know they, it, here's the thing. That's not going to hit them in the wallet. I mean, you know, it, it, unless they unless they get enough of the technicals, then it will get in or whatever you know penalties that they're going to call until it gets into the pocket. It's not going to be. And, and let's be honest, a five thousand dollar fine for you know Megatron slamming the ball over the uh, over the thing that means nothing to him. Um, so the fact of the matter is is that it's got to be a big enough penalty in order for it, if they want it to stop to be done. But Let's put it up there. I, I get what Megatron's doing and, and saying that that it does take away from the fun of the game. I mean, the fans will the fans love it, okay? And, and the the fact that they had to take time out of one game to stra- or two games to straighten it, you know, it, they make I, I I just don't understand how come they just couldn't fix that when when even you know during time you know timeouts or or whatever the oh but we got to stop it right there. At that time to fix the goalpost, even though that is not even in play right now. It, it, to me, it makes no sense. But then again, I you know I, I, I'd like to see the players play the game, and and I'm okay with the dunking. It's the NFL and their quote unquote persona that they want to put out there that they're a professional thing, and they take the fun away to some to some degree from from the players. I totally agree. And Cuervo today, the SEC voted to stick with the eight. 
I'm getting a lot of feedback. I'll stick with the eight-game SEC schedule. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, don't fix something that's not broken. I mean, you know, let's let's just say what it is. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, what was the reason behind it in the first place? So that way, it gives more SEC teams opportunities to finish, you know, in the top four for that for the playoff or. I mean, no, me, it, I mean, it would, it would I, actually I hurt can... it. It would actually hurt their chances if they went to 90. Okay, so there you go. I mean, so why why, why try to fix something that's not broken? I don't know about you, Tarvin, but um, I love me a good SEC game during the season, whether it's Georgia versus LSU, LSU versus Alabama, Alabama versus uh, Auburn in the Iron Bowl. You got uh, Auburn versus LSU. I mean, you kidding me? It doesn't get any better than that. Trey, I don't, I don't know what you think. You know, going to nine games in the SEC means, you know, you have an extra opponent that you get to play, which I think would eliminate the SEC championship game. So, Trey, your thoughts on the SEC going from eight, staying at eight games instead of going to nine. Saban was the only one to vote nine games. Yeah, they weren't going to eliminate the SEC championship game. And I want to double back real quick on the, the, on the Megatron thing. I mean, you got to remember – He's making a comment about what he views the NFL doing is wrong. I mean, Michael Jordan, when he was in the height of his you know his fame, he wore Michael Jordan shoes every game, despite the fact that they were illegal in the NBA. I mean, so every single game, 82 games a year, he was wearing Michael Jordan tennis shoes uh, in violation of the NBA's policy, and, and nobody seems to care um, now or then. And I think the same thing is going to happen when it comes to to Megatron dunking, no one cares. We think it, we all think it's a dumb rule. Uh, so I don't, I don't mind it if he wants to pay to have it, to have his sort of voice heard. Um, well, Trey, Jordan was wearing shoes. Jordan was wearing shoes that that you know wasn't affecting anything. Calvin Johnson is going to be bringing attention to himself, like, hey, look at me, I'm going to break the rules. You don't think Jordan wearing his own brand of tennis shoes was drawing attention to himself? I mean, come on. He was selling tennis shoes uh, for himself. Uh, I think Johnson's doing it again to make a statement. Now, he's not selling dunking goalposts. I mean, he's not selling it. He's not making money the way Jordan was. Uh, that's a direct self-interest. Um, so I, I don't buy that. I think if he wants to make his, his speech known and have fun and he wants to pay for it, who cares? Um I agree with Sonny. It doesn't take anything out of the game. I mean, they could, they they spend so many times in, in freaking TV timeouts as it is. Yeah. Um, it's not going to matter. Uh, but going into the SEC, Tarvin, and, and I think this is um, interesting, because they kept some of the traditional, what we would call traditional East-West matchups. And we still have the, the Tennessee-Alabama and the georgia Auburn, but what I think what got lost in a lot of at least the Twitter battles today about this was the other matchups that are locked in now when it comes to the traditional sort of rivalry between the East and the West division. And I don't know about you, but I, I actually thought some of it was, was particularly um, a terrible decision. I mean, you look at, they have uh, the LSU Florida, which makes sense, Tarvin, but the other one's Ole Miss, Vanderbilt, Mississippi State, Kentucky, and then Texas A&M and South Carolina. Uh, and then Arkansas and Missouri. Uh, none of those seem to actually be uh, the East and West rivalries, and I, I kind of thought that some of the matchups were, were a little bit strange. 
Uh, I'm glad they kept yeah. the three that mattered, but the rest of them, to me, Tarvin, uh, I thought that A&M and South Carolina were sort of a direct um, sort of uh, the SEC and saying, well, oh, both those teams are good right now, so we'll match them up, where I thought maybe Texas A&M and Missouri made more sense since they're both brand new. Um, but, yeah, I just I like the fact that they stay with eight, Tarvin, uh, because this whole now they have to play one game in the Power Five conference, uh, out of conference. That's going to lead to a lot of great matchups. Uh, with the SEC and the ACC and the Big Ten and the Pac-12. We're going to get to see those matchups now. Um, so I'm really a big fan of that, Tarvin. I thought that was a great a great outcome for fans of the college football. Yeah, I'm going to tell you why I'm against the, the nine team, guys. And, and Sonny, you know, you're looking at the SEC year in and year out. Usually it's, it's the toughest conference. Usually you have more ranked teams in there, whether it be – you know, I don't know why. I mean, I think the SEC is the best. But when you play, when you look at your schedule, like if you're Auburn and you look down and you're playing five ranked opponents that year, most most teams in other conferences play two or three ranked teams. So I think to add another SEC game, what it does is it makes your schedule tougher, but it also puts you at a disadvantage because now you're trying to get into that top four. You're always trying to get in that championship. It's a lot harder to go through a road where you're playing five or six ranked teams than when you're playing, you know, two. So, Sonny, I don't know what you think about this SEC, but I agree with the eight games. The ninth game would have been suicide for this conference. And at the same time, that all depends on how you really look at it as far as rankings are concerned. If it's you and me, I want to see football – teams play good football teams forget those cream puffs mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year and they blow them out by 100 who cares you know it, but as far as me i want to see that game however but as far as where you what you're talking about and where it ends up at a later time it is it's suicide for it's suicide for any program to to do it that way and, and that's the problem you know they 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 allow those games to happen i mean if you're a division one football uh team you should be playing only Division One football teams. I mean, I, I'm sorry, you should. I, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I agree. I, maybe if I'm, I, I, you know, if you want to play, play a, if you're a Division One, you want to play a Division Three football team for a warm up. Have it as a scrimmage. Don't put it on your schedule to embarrass yourself because that's the way I look at it. The first three games of college, I don't even watch because it's embarrassing. Um, it, it, it's not embarrassing for the team that they're playing. The team they're playing is going for the payday, okay? The team that is the team that's going to blow them out, that's the ones that should be embarrassed. I want to see good football. So put them up against good football teams week in, week out. Forget the cream puffs, and then, and then we'll talk about how important it is to be where you're at at the end of the season because I'd much rather see a team with one or two losses going for the national championship that played a bunch of stud teams mm-hmm. instead of playing the cream puffs at the beginning of the year. Well, well, I think what I think is a lot of teams are, are afraid. They, they don't want to lose. They don't want to, to get injured, and, and they want a chance to play for a championship. That's the thing. Everybody mm-hmm. wants the prize. But I think if you – and I'm not – for this, Trey or Cuervo or Sonny, but if you expand the playoffs a little bit, which would allow a two- or a three-loss team a chance to get into a playoff and show what they had, I think it would open up the schedules to where Ohio State would go out and play Southern California, or you'd see Auburn go out and play Oklahoma just to open it up, or you'd see bigger games because you see Florida usually. They don't play 
out of conference. They don't leave the state usually. You see Ohio State. You even hear about the SEC teams, Trey, that do not play too tough of out of conference, which I disagree. But but don't you think if they expanded the playoffs, we'd get a, a lot better college football during the regular season? Oh, yeah, because I think it, I think you would – the strength of schedule is going to – every time they expand the playoff, the strength of schedule is going to matter even more uh, to get in. And and losses will matter a little less. But you're right, because we'll have one and two loss teams. I think you know, the majority of those will be in a, in a, big, a larger playoff. But it, what really is going to rack and stack them is, is who they play in the regular season. Uh, yes. And so strength of schedule is going to be ginormous. And I think you're going to see, and that's why I think what the SEC did is brilliant to keep the SEC where it is in college football. So you have eight conference games, which we all know right now the SEC is king. But really taking that ninth game, Tarvin, and, and mandating in 2016 that they will play, they have to play one of the big conferences. You know, Granted, that could be any of those teams. It could be Duke and the ACC. But it's going to equate to a lot of really great matchups and a lot of helpful strength of schedules for the SEC, even even better. Um, because you're going to have more matchups like what Saban is doing at the beginning of every year and what Auburn started doing at the end of the year. Uh, you know, in, in these games, they're going to go out and play somebody just for a kickoff classic. And they're going to get that exposure and they're going to get that on there uh, because they're going to be mandated. So, so I think it's very smart. It's going to help them strength of schedule and it's really going to keep the SEC dominant, I think. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, guys, I'm going to have to cut it short. My wife needs me right now. But thank you all so much for joining me. Some great discussions. And Wednesday night we'll be on at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. If not, we'll be on at Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. We're just going to gauge to see what's going on in the sports world. But, Sonny, I'm sure we're going to have a lot to talk about Wednesday uh, after we hear Stephen A. Smith talk all week, won't we? Oh yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be an all day affair on ESPN tomorrow. Um, you that's gonna be the going story on everything, and it won't even matter what happened in the playoffs for the rest of the day. Um, it, it will be dominated by Mike and Mike and everything else. So if you're interested in that, you got something to watch and listen to, to, to for tomorrow. Yep, and guess guess what, guys? The uh, Toronto Raptors beat Brooklyn two two, heading back to Toronto. So Interesting series that now Houston, Portland just tipped off. That's going to be a great one. So, guys, have a great week. Cuervo, don't work too hard. We'll see all y'all Wednesday night. See you guys. Have a good week. Have a good one.